What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to the Wellpreneur podcast from a very chilly London. It is just in the low 30s this morning, um, hopefully warming up to about 50 today. Sorry, I only think in Fahrenheit. I haven't quite made that switch, even with 10 years of living outside of the U.S., but um, yeah, it's cold and I've got my heater going in my office. It, you should really see me. I'm like all bundled up and I've got my space heater and I actually have my hat on, one of my hand crocheted hats. It's pretty crazy. It'll get better. I'll get used to it. But right now I've been so used to the nice hot summer that I'm struggling a little bit with this shift. But anyway, here we are and you can't see me all bundled up. So that's great. So it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. This week on the podcast, I'm interviewing natural food chef, Carrie Jones. I really enjoyed this interview because Carrie had a bit of an unconventional career path to be a natural food chef today because she actually started off by working in her passion, which was music. And so we talk all about how she started her career in music, and that's really what she thought she wanted to do. And then she evolved over time and went back and retrained as a natural food chef. So we're talking today about how she's grown her blog, which is naturalkitchenadventures.com, how she set up multiple income streams, how she's created an app, and all the different ways that Carrie brings in money in her business and has learned to manage her time and and grow her business as a chef. Now, from our Wellpreneur community group on Facebook, I know there's quite a few of you that were specifically interested in hearing from a natural food chef and from somebody that provides cooking services. And so here you go. But even if you don't, I think you'll find it really interesting because you know, like all of us, she's looking at multiple income streams and ways to balance her work and wellness and life and the things that that we all deal with, right? Now, before we get into that interview, a little update here from Wellpreneur HQ. I am working on a really exciting project that should be, I should be able to talk more about it in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully on next week's podcast, I'll tell you more about it. But it involves something that will appear on Amazon as a little hint. And it's very cool. So I can't wait to share it with you. So make sure to come back next week. I'll also announce it in the group just as soon as I can. I just need to get a little bit further. And I think one week will buy me a little more time to do that. The other issue I wanted to bring up was this idea of email newsletters and keeping in touch with your people. We've been talking about this a bit in the Wellpreneur community group, but if you're on my email list, you will have noticed that a few weeks ago, you got an email from me changing the name of my regular email. And even more than that, you know, who cares about the name change, right? But it felt like a really big deal to me, a really big change because I'm changing the perspective of my email newsletters. Like here's what's been happening so far. I have three different websites. Well, I have more than that, but I have three primary websites, right? I've got Wellpreneur, which is how you know me listening to this podcast. I've got a website that used to be called 
vintage savoir faire, then it became vintage Amanda, and now it's just become amandacook.me. That's my personal brand site, and that's all about natural beauty and herbal remedies and travel and ancestors. And then I have a little site I set up earlier this year for our overland trip from Hong Kong to London, which is called andouratheradventures.com. So I've got these three sites, and I had my email list also segmented in three. And I was trying to keep in touch with everybody regularly. And let's be honest, how well did that work out? Not very well. I, honestly, I've been doing that for, well, since the beginning. So for like six years now, I've had all these different email lists. And I kind of go through phases. So for the past few years, I've been really good about keeping in touch with the Wellpreneur list. But the personal brand list, the people that signed up to learn about herbal medicine and beauty and travel and ancestors and all that stuff, they haven't heard from me very much. And I just really kind of hit the breaking point where I was like, you know, after six years, I've tried so many strategies to keep in touch with both of these lists, and it's just not working. You know, I've tried, I've set up autoresponders, I've tried to stagger when the newsletters are, I've just, I've tried everything. And what I've learned about myself is I, Amanda Cook, just cannot keep up with that many regular emails. So I decided to simplify my online life. This is kind of like a theme of 2018. Simplification, right? In life and business and everything. And I'm combining it all into one. So my newsletter now is me. It's the Amanda newsletter. Actually, it's called Rediscover. And the idea of this newsletter is that I'm going to be sharing what's going on for me, what's relevant in the world of like wellness and natural beauty and herbal remedies and ancestors, all this stuff I'm interested in, plus what's on the podcast, plus what I'm releasing in the world is just my newsletter, right? So that's a big shift. So first of all, if you would like to get on the new Rediscover newsletter, which I've gotten some great feedback and people said, oh, it feels like a breath of fresh air and it's so honest and real and not marketing-y because honestly, it's just me, right? I'm just sharing what's going on in my life and my business right now. If you'd like to get on that, you can sign up at amandacook.me. Just sign up on any of those opt-in forms and it will get you on that list. But the other reason I bring this up is to have you think about you and your communication with your people. Like, first of all, are you communicating with them regularly? Do you have an email list? And if you do, do you actually email them? And if you find that you're not emailing them, I think it's worth digging into why. You know, have you made it too much work for yourself? Is it feeling too hard? Is it too often? Do you feel like it doesn't feel authentic or it feels too salesy? If it does, change it because you know what? It's your email list. It's yours. That's what I was thinking. I had so many mental blocks for years about combining all this. Like I, my poor mastermind buddies and friends, I mean, they've heard it, heard me talk about this till my face turns blue. I was so convinced that nobody that wants to know about wellness marketing, no wellness entrepreneurs actually want to know about herbal remedies and natural beauty, right? That's crazy, actually, because if you think about it, you know, maybe not all the wellpreneurs, but you're interested in wellness and well-being and natural health. So probably you might also be interested in herbal remedies and that kind of stuff, right? Who knows? But there's definitely an overlap in these audiences that I was just completely in denial about. So it's an experiment. Isn't business always a bit of an experiment, but we're combining it. I've sent two so far. It feels really awesome. I've got some good feedback and I'm really excited to kind of bring my whole self to you through email. And I'd encourage you to do the same thing. So what if people are following you because they like you, not just because of the information you provide? Yeah, of course they like the information too, but they like the way that you 
personally deliver it. So how can you bring more of you into your email newsletter? There's a thought for you this week. So I'd love to have you on my list. Come jump over and sign up at either wellpreneuronline.com or amandacook.me. Both places you'll get on it because it's one list. Woohoo for simplification in life and business. Okay, so now let's get into this interview with natural foods chef Carrie Jones of naturalkitchenadventures.com. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for joining me on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) So actually, I didn't even ask, where in the UK are you based? So I live in London. Oh, me. So I'm in Twickenham. So we're like talking across the city somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in the southeast. So right right across South London. Yeah, which can take hours for anyone that hasn't tried to commute across London. (laughs) It's so difficult. Yeah, you have to go into the centre to go back out again. It makes no Uh, sense. Sometimes I think I might as well go visit my friends in Paris and Amsterdam rather than try to see somebody in East London. But um, (laughs) anyway, so Carrie, I'm really excited that you're joining us today because I came across your business, I think, on Instagram. And I just loved, I love your photos and your food. And when I dug into what you're doing, it's just so cool. So why don't we start off by, why don't you tell everyone what it is that you do? Okay, so I am a trained natural chef. And currently I um, I teach cooking and I also cook on uh, wellness retreats. So um, they're either fitness holidays or yoga holidays or kind of more retreaty vibe, depends on the client that I work with. And then along with that, I have an app which is Natural Kitchen Adventures, which uh, is kind of an extension of my blog, which I've been running for a very long time, which is also called Natural Kitchen Adventures. And then I also do a few supper clubs and bits and pieces. So just everything around just creating delicious food and sharing it with people. Mm, So I want to talk about all that. I've got lots of questions about the app and these supper clubs, but let's go back to the beginning. I know you weren't always, you know, like many of us, we didn't just start off working in wellness. So what were you doing before? And tell us about that transition. So for 10 years, I uh, worked in project management for a classical music orchestra, which is a, a bit of a left field career for uh, the general public. But that, you know, it was all I ever knew. I, I studied music at university. So I've got a bachelor's of music, which you know is great. It's not particularly useful for food, but still love music. And I worked in the industry for 10 years. I really enjoyed it. I love being around music of all forms. And then kind of about seven or eight years into that, I kind of realized that it wasn't fueling me in the way that I hoped that my career would do. And I never thought that that would be a thing or that it would happen. But then growing on the side, I had this interest in nutrition and health and fitness. And to me, I just felt like I wanted to make that more of my life on a daily basis, I think. And just being creative with food kind of fits with being creative with music. So kind of made this big decision to make a change. And I went and retrained as a chef. And then the rest is history. Mm. So when did you start your blog? Um, it's just over seven years old now. So a long time. It's changed format a lot in that time. You know, I I started the blog just because I wanted to share recipes and I had no intentions of changing my career at that time. It was just something to do, you know, a couple of evenings in the week. I'd just, just sit down and write some recipes really. So yeah, the blog has transi- transitioned with me through all of that. So when you were thinking about, I think what's interesting about this is you weren't in like a traditional corporate job. You know, something because when you started saying project management, you think, oh man, she's probably, you know, stuck in something that she's really unhappy with. And it makes sense you want to make a change, but you were obviously really passionate about music. Massively. Yeah. And I don't know. Do you want to, is there anything? I just kind of thinking, so you were in something that you thought you were going to be passionate about and then it just shifts. Yeah. 
it's strange. It's like I, I actually wanted to be a musician. I was a clarinetist. And halfway through my degree, I realized that maybe I wasn't quite in the top, you know, half percent of the population that makes as a, a classical performer. Um, and then my shift went more towards working in management because, you know, my uncle worked in the industry. I sort of, I kind of knew that there was this back end to the the industry that you work, you could work on. And I always enjoyed organizing things and people and schedules and bringing things together. So a lot of what I did with my job and what I was passionate about and, you know, things have transitioned into my new career, it, it, very, very similar skills. Also, I did a lot of touring with, with the orchestra. So we'd go um, around the world quite a lot in Europe. And now I'm starting to do that with my job, doing a lot of retreats and kind of it, the travel element is quite similar it's quite scary but I think when you work in an industry that is creative and is arts-based which traditionally are not as well paid obviously as working in the corporate industry and there's a point where that job's not fueling you so it's not like I had you know a, a three-figure salary that I was leaving behind to do this it was like a you know a, a fairly modest salary for the work but it makes it a lot easier to leave and do something else because you kind of you know, <laughs> if that makes sense, it's like that. It was great, but you know, I could quite happily leave that behind and work on something else instead. Because you can't work in the creative industry if you're not still a thousand percent passionate about what you're doing at that time. I'm still passionate about music, but the whole format of organising that kind of thing had kind of I'd had enough of it. And also, like my job was quite enviable. Lots of up and coming people who going you know, university leavers and stuff all kind of wanted to have my kind of job, which was the job that I wanted. And I didn't want it anymore. I thought I can't hog this job. I don't want that other people want. It just felt really, that that felt not right. I think that is so interesting. You're right. It happens throughout your life that there's something that you really, really want. And then sometimes yeah. you get it and then you realize, well, that's what I thought I wanted, but actually that's not it. Or you just outgrow it. So... Yeah, I think it wasn't outgrowing because I'd, I'd always wanted to be like, you know, the concerts or tours manager of an orchestra. And I, I kind of got there by the time I was... 28 29 and I kind of thought that that was something that I'd do when I when I got a bit older and I was like all right I've got there now I don't want to be the chief executive Mm -hmm. like what's next and I decided that actually nothing in the industry would have ticked the box at that time in my life it was a very complex time in my life with um I lost my mum and I'd previously lost my father so it was you know a very heavy emotional time for me so kind of deciding to do something different was maybe the kind of refresh I needed Mm -hmm. So you said you went back and retrained as a natural food chef. And what's the first thing that you sold in your new business? Well, I started working as a chef after I'd finished. So I guess it was my services as a chef. (laughs) Um, And then started teaching as well. So cooking classes and all of that. You know, I, I spent a good couple of years working really hard behind the scenes, doing lots of community classes as well and working for other people before I had the kind of bit more confidence to sell more of my own projects under my own banner. I'm curious, what advice would you give to, you know, somebody just maybe just finishing up as training as a natural food chef that wants to get started now knowing what you know? Um, I definitely just gain as much experience as possible. (laughs) I know that sounds, I mean, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I finished either. I knew I kind of, I had some experience um, at some cooking classes and I knew that was something that I I felt like I had the right skill set to do, but I didn't know if I wanted to do that or did I just want to I knew I didn't want to be a chef in a restaurant, but it's really good skills to do that. And sometimes I wish maybe I'd gone back and just gone to like a high class restaurant and done six months of solid work in an underground kitchen just to really hone those chef skills early on. So that would probably be my advice, although whether I would actually have done it myself or not, I don't. But I really, there's, you know, you only learn so much when you're at culinary school. I was there for six months. 
some courses are a lot longer, some courses are a lot shorter, but the real learning happens when you leave and you have to do everything out there in the professional world under different timescales and all the other pressures that go with it. So yeah, doing as much as you can do to learn after you finish and to continue that learning process is really important. So let's talk about the different threads of your business, because one thing I'm really focusing on this season is getting listeners to think about, you know, you don't just have to do one thing, like have one way to pe- for people to give you money. Like you can have yeah. you can have several threads to your business. So I know you got, well, you can tell us what they are, but there's the app and you do workshops and yeah. So tell us about like what what are the different ways that people work with you? So at the moment, <laughs> I'm slightly considering whether I have too many. It's really good to, I have learned to diversify your business so that you're not just focusing on one thread, but maybe having the five or six that I have done over the last four years have perhaps been too many. But um, yeah, so at the moment we have got my app, which, you know, people can download from the app store. So there's that, which is a nice bit of residual income that comes in. And then my services as a retreat chef as well. And then my services, obviously a lot of the supper clubs I've done a bit more, they're kind of events that I've organized myself rather than through someone else. So that's, you know, I do four of them a year. That's that as well. And then I have worked with quite a lot of brands doing recipe development. So, you know, they have a budget for creating a recipe around their product and then, you know, photographing it and sharing it on your blog. I have done other work working with brands on creating recipes for their own portfolio. Um, I've recipe tested for cookbooks. I've styled on a couple of cookbooks as well, but they're kind of, they're not really my focus at the moment. So lots and lots of different things. So how much of that, like when you first were starting out, did you have some idea that you were going to do this different range of things or what what was your concept for what you were going to do? I think because I'd always blogged and the blog had been something that um, I'd had for like three, two, three years before I started my chef training. I knew that creating recipe development and keeping that side of the business was something that I wanted to keep keep going with and that maybe down the line you know actually I'd love to write a recipe book so the app was a really good stepping stone towards doing that so that's always been something that I knew would be there and then the catering and the cooking was definitely going to be the other side as well as the teaching and everything else that I've done has all been it's been really good experience and I've really enjoyed it and I've said yes to everything everyone's asked me to do but they've not necessarily been the things that I focused on so that's why they haven't taken over. Mm-hmm. So the photos on your blog are really beautiful. And I'm curious, do you do those yourself? Have you like learned over the years how to do photography? Do you work with somebody? Like, how does that happen? Yeah, massively. I always encourage people to go back and look at my first post, which was May 2011, I think. And how terrible. <laughs> the first photos where I didn't even have a proper camera. I actually had a Blackberry at that point. It was pre-iPhone days. And yeah, it was awful. And I didn't even really care about photography. I thought it's not important. The most important thing is that, you know, you create a recipe that sounds good and people will cook it and they know that it tastes good because they, you know, made it from scratch. The picture doesn't need to do that. And then as I met other bloggers and I kept blogging and that was when social media really took off and Instagram as well massively helped with that, that it just makes you want to raise your game and you need them to have the photos that showcase the work that you do in its best light. Because actually, people are quite vain about these things. Like things do need to look good in order for people to want to buy into what you're doing. So yeah, I'm mostly self-taught. I've been on quite a few courses in terms of food styling and and photography as well. So I've not done ever done an official qualification in any of that. I mean, I, I'd hope to one day. But you know, then upgrading your equipment and props and backgrounds and all of that stuff. It's been it's been a real learning learning curve. Um, which I thought I've really kind of got my groove on the last sort of two, three years of that. It, it took a while for it to 
click in and people are like, oh, you've got a good eye. And I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> it's the creative thing. It's the kind of like the musical thing in me, I think, that I didn't even realize I had a creative eye for, you know, photography or making, putting things in the right place. And so it looks good. So that's, it's been great to find that that was something in me that I didn't know was there. And it's not even really related to cooking itself. It's a whole other skill, but I do. it, Especially the styling like that. I find that yeah. really hard sometimes to try to make it, you know, even if the food looks good, but then to try to make it look good on a plate with the right garnish and the little yeah. the napkin. And <laughs> I've had a few courses that I've been on where I've suddenly had a light bulb moment where I've gone, ah, that's how you do it. You know, I'm learning from a lot of my peers, but actually pairing things back and make it really simple is what I feel works for me. And I feel like it makes sense with the food that I create as well. Mm. Oh, I don't like a lot of fuss. And yeah, using things like the color wheel to understand what colors go together and keeping all your shades really muted and not trying to do it too bold or because that just doesn't work for me. So actually, yeah, all those things that have really, really helped me along the way. Mm -hmm. I wish somebody had taught me in the beginning or I'd bothered to learn it in the beginning. But, you know, it is what it is and it's my story. So I, I always love to ask people that have been blogging for a long time, like, how is your blog changed or have you noticed that blogging has changed because it is so different than seven years ago I mean just the social media oh, thing is huge well social media wasn't huge at all like seven years ago I mean fairly I wasn't on Instagram that long ago either because again I didn't have an, an iPhone but I think with the increase of platforms like Instagram and even the way that people use Facebook you you know they're, they're more micro blogging sites so all the content that you put out on a daily almost daily basis on these platforms is kind of taken away more of the stuff that you do on the blog so when I started I'd blog like three or four times a week I'd basically just you know it'd be my dinner <laughs> and I'd written down what I'd done and you know maybe I'd done it before and tested it and whereas now it's much more of a lavish affair like you know I plan a recipe and you know you go out on a, a, a shop to select the best looking ingredients to do it um and sometimes you don't sometimes it's just what's in your fridge but it's a whole like the blog for me is like a pinnacle of its it's not just something fleeting that I put on social media. It's the thing that I want to talk about and make more of. And, you know, blogging seven years ago, you just, you'd write a couple of paragraphs. Maybe it was about what you'd done that day. And then here's my dinner. Whereas now it's more like everybody's a food writer and a lot more research goes into what you want to say. I think for me, anyway, that's, that's how I've seen it. And then social media is there to create more content, but also to support what you've put on the blog as well. Um, I think there are a lot more bloggers now than there used to be. When I started, I wasn't really aware, especially in like the healthy food sector. I felt like, is anyone else doing this? Is it just me? So it's been wonderful to see that amount of content has just exploded. And, you know, lots of people who blog for a hobby and lots of people who do it professionally. And then food writers who've written multiple recipe books who don't blog, then moving to blog to then support support what they're doing elsewhere. It's The landscape has really, really, really changed. Mm-hmm. I'm curious on the, on that, like marketing online, not just marketing, but kind of the online side of your business. Do you do everything by yourself? Do you have like an assistant or people that help you? I know that's a real, you know, people, I think people listening, it can feel really overwhelming when you're getting started thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do these like professional photo shoots. And, you know, it feels like a lot. So I'm I'm just curious how you manage that. Yeah, no, I do do it all myself, but I don't blog that much now. I try and do it fortnightly, but occasionally when I'm, you know, I've just been away on a retreat for six days. I definitely did not have any time to shoot any content when I was there. So it may be once a month now or something like that. Yeah. And then sometimes social slips by the way. So I have had people help me with my social media, just pushing content out there. For the last year, I've kind of moved away from that now. I 
kind of a bit territorial about liking to do it myself. But yeah, it's, it's good to try these different things. I think it depends on what your business is and your focus of your business. Like as a kind of, you know, I run my own business and I am very much at the center of my business rather than it being, you know, just a catering company that was nameless because I started as a blogger. I'm kind of, it's really hard to then delegate that kind of stuff to other people and for them to do it authentically in your voice as well. So tell me about more about the app process, because I know that that's something that a lot of people think, oh, that'd be really cool. That You know, it's like writing a book or something. It's like, oh, having this app. So obviously you didn't develop that yourself, right? No. <laughs> so like, what was that process like? How does one create an app? So initially I was contacted by a really small um, app development company who are based in the UK. Um, it was just one of those out of the blue things. And uh, they've been contacting a few bloggers to ask if they were interested in the process of putting one together. And they had done one food app before. And I just kind of had this, well, why not moment? Like, there's no reason why I shouldn't do this. And it you know, it shouldn't be a success. So at that time, I didn't really know what I wanted to put in the app. It Was, was it just going to be an extension of my blog? Or was it going to have a different focus? And through the process of pulling together some recipes from my blog I wanted to include and then the idea of obviously developing a whole load of new ones so that there's new fresh content for everybody I then had this well actually should we make it a bit more seasonal focus and it can be really structured in that way because it kind of felt with that's how my whole you know my my what my ethos is was developing in that way so then we had a bit of a rejig about how the content was going to be organized and ordered and then yeah, I began the long process of pulling it all together. So shooting all the new things and testing recipes and putting them all together. And then the app development company handled obviously all of that. So I, I don't know anything about developing apps. I just handed all the material over to them. And it took a long time as well from start to finish. It was well over a year, mostly because I was doing other projects that was well at the same time. So I wasn't working on it 100% full time. And we've done an, we did another update last, so earlier this year, it came out in the summer. Um, of adding in more recipes. So the great thing with an app rather than say a book or something like that is that you can continuously build and grow it. And once the setup of the app is there, you know, you can even change the whole way that it was set up or what the focus was and move around the content and all that kind of stuff. So it's quite a flexible product. Mm -hmm. Cool. And thanks for sharing how long that took, because I think, I don't know, people don't, you don't always realize, you know, how long it takes. Well, like even getting a book out, it takes, a, which yeah. I've done, it so takes, I use that as an example, but it takes a long time. <laughs> but you don't, you know, I didn't jump online and say, hey, everybody, I'm developing an app because if it then does appear for another 18 months, like people are going to be bored, like, you know, or you've heard it and then they don't see it happen. Like, so it's very something that you have to, and it, it often happens with books as well. People are suddenly, oh, I've got a book out in two months and you don't realize they've been working on it behind the scenes for at least the last 18 months. So, yeah. But, you know, if you were working on something full time, I'm sure you could, you know, in the company you were working with, were only working on the app that you developed or whatever. I'm sure the whole thing can happen a bit quicker. <laughs> so I, I always, one issue I really like to touch on is like this whole, you know, working in the wellness industry and being a healthy food chef and everything. I'm curious how you keep yourself well without going crazy <laughs> with all the stuff you have going on, right? You said you're starting to feel like, oh, wow, I have like quite a bit happening and you yeah. do. And so I'm just curious if you could share some of your routines or habits or, you know, what do you do to, to kind of walk your talk? Yeah, I'm always the first to admit that I'm really good at making healthy food and recipes and making them delicious and teaching other people how to do that. But I am not, <laughs> I'm not 100% good at the rest of it. Like I try my absolute hardest and I'm very aware and I'm aware most, of, you know, more than the general public I'd say about all these things. But I do have to check in with myself every now and again, just to make sure that I'm keeping on top of everything. So, you know, there are always 
people in the wellness industry who say they get up and then they meditate and then they do this and then they go to yoga for an hour and then they work and then they're like, I'm, yeah, that's not me. And everyone, everyone I know knows that's not me, but I try to exercise regularly. So three, four times a week, maybe if I can, I'll admit I've just been away for 10 days and I haven't done any exercise, but I've been walking around the kitchen and being really active. So for me, sometimes just being active is enough. I try when I'm working, especially when I'm catering, to make sure that I don't overexhaust myself. So it's really tempting just to keep going rather than going, actually, you, know, you need to have a sit down. Um, you need to go to bed early. You need to not you know, be on social media the whole time. And then, you know, looking after your mental health as well is, is really important for me. So it's a whole mixture of everything that I try and do. Mm-hmm. How do you look after your mental health? Uh-huh. <laughs> I go to yoga. And I also see a counsellor as well. It's been something I've been doing the last 18 months. And for me, that's really, really helped me with stuff. Um, as well as, you know, I've had a few coaching sessions, like career coaching sessions and things like that. So, so you're not trying to cope with everything on your own. Absolutely. So I'm curious, you know, if you could go back to the very beginning when you were just getting your business started and give yourself some advice, what would you tell yourself? Oh, um, to have more confidence. <laughs> in what you're doing basically <laughs> no um I used to get called grumpy as in grumpy one of the seven dwarfs like as as a teenager and it's I like the grumpiness with me is always a bit of a joke like oh it's Kerry being just grumpy again and being silly about stuff but you know actually learning to come out of your shell and be more positive and not always have a old you know kind of apologizing for yourself uh, with the way that you put things out there which I think is something that is just sort of very natural for me to behave like that and it always feels like everybody else has got all their stuff together and you kind of like, oh, my God, I'm not like that. But, you know, it's always like deep down, I believe in what I do and I believe I'm good at what I do. But sometimes I find it hard to convey that. So I would really be like, that's the kind of thing that you need to work on from the start. And I don't think it matters whether you know what you end up, what you want to end up doing, because people tend to worry about what they want to end up doing and then don't even start because they don't know where to start. I think just getting in and starting is the best thing you can do. I had to I was like I don't have a job I need to earn money I need to get out there but definitely yeah having more confidence in what you do is something that I think would have helped Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I see that a lot where people they feel like they need to have this whole career plan this whole business mapped out and be totally confident in what they're doing before they can even start working with a client or sell their first thing and I think it's exactly what you said you don't I don't think it's possible to know exactly what you want to do anyway in the beginning because it just evolves and there's synchronicity and things just happen and massively evolves and I think with the things like the retreat side of my business you know I'd, I'd spent quite a long time you know working as a chef and all the food wasn't scary and then I was like I've got to cook and I've got to, it's like being a head chef basically when you haven't necessarily had the experience to be a head chef and you're totally in control of the food for people you know the first things I did were weekends and then I got that nailed and that was easy and then all of a sudden everybody wanted to do these week-long retreats I was like wow you know the the boom the baseline has just changed. It's just so much more different. Going, can I really do this? And actually, no, no, you can. And having confidence that you can do that. And that would have been too much of a step for me to start with. But three years down the line, it's, you know, now it's, that's a piece of cake. So it's all part of the process. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing your whole journey. It's great. And I totally, tell me about your supper clubs before we wrap up too, because I'm totally uh, yeah. tempted to come. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, because like I'm really into seasonal food and, and sharing that with people. And I wasn't really doing any events for people in London. Like I do all these retreats and I was like, oh, it's amazing. But, you know, I can't come to Italy for a week or I, I don't have, I don't live in, you know, I can't come to Sussex or whatever for a weekend. So it's like, I'm not doing anything in London. I should really 
be brave <laughs> and start doing some supper clubs. So I decided not to make it overwhelming in terms of time to try and concentrate on doing four a year and then making each of them a celebration of the seasons. So I started in spring of this year. So we did one in May and then I did my summer one in August. And my no, my autumn one is coming up on Friday the 9th of November um, in London. And yeah, I think autumn's a really great time for food. There's lots of things to put on the menu that's all very, very delicious and food starts becoming a bit more hearty and warming. And, and yeah, I'm looking forward to playing with all that food and cooking it for everyone. Oh, awesome. So tell us where people can get in touch with you, learn more, find your app, all that good stuff. So the best place is the hub of all my information, which is my website, which is naturalkitchenadventures.com. And from the homepage there, you can find there's an events tab. Um, there's info on my app. And um, the app is also available to just download straight from the app store. Uh, it's £2.99. And so you could just search for that on uh, Apple App Store or go to my blog and then link from there. And then, yeah, all my recipes are on my blog or on my app. And obviously social media as well. So I'm on Instagram quite a lot. It's my favorite place. <laughs> and I'm Kerry Kitchen then. So Kerry is spelled C-E-R-I and Kitchen because uh, Natural Kitchen Adventures was too long for Instagram and Twitter. So we decided just to give me this kind of like Kerry Kitchen name. And now people call me Kerry Kitchen without realizing it's not my name. So <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks I'm Kerry Kitchen. I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's Kerry Jones. But yeah, Jones Spore is a stick with Kitchen. <laughs> awesome. We'll link everything up in the show notes and stuff so people Great, can get it really you. easily as well. Kerry, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. Awesome. That's me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. As always, you can get all the links in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget, if you'd like to get my new and combined and authentic and juicy and Amandaful newsletter, Amandaful, is that a word? I don't know, but we'll say that it's full of Amanda-ness all, <laughs> you know, it's about Wellpreneur. It's about natural beauty and herbal remedies and ancestors and creativity and travel and all of that in my weekly newsletter. Actually, it's probably more like every other weekly newsletter. I'm still feeling out the frequency. Probably it's going to be twice a month. Anyway, you can sign up for that either at wellpreneuronline.com or on my personal brand website, which is amandacook.me because I'd love to have you on there. And also don't forget that we've got an awesome Facebook community where we're talking about these issues around email. We're talking about each week's podcast episodes and it's a totally sales-free zone. So you can come over and hang out with us there at the Wellpreneur community on Facebook. And I will be back here next week, hopefully with a little more information about this really exciting project that I'm working on, which is coming out very soon in November, 2018. So stay tuned for that. Okay, have a fantastic week, guys, and I will see you in the Facebook group and back here next week for the next episode. Bye.